if you tell me that you can't afford to pay people to do things that you're not good at, then you have a failing business model. Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome back to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 173. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for anyone interested in downsizing their life, creating remote income, and working from anywhere. On today's episode, it is actually one of my very favorite talks from our 2019 RV Entrepreneur Summit. This is a conference that Alyssa and I started back in 2017, and the whole idea was gathering a group of people who were building interesting businesses uh, all while traveling and sharing experiences, things that uh, you've learned uh, while kind of creating an unconventional life and business for yourself. And this talk in particular was a lot of fun. Uh, This is from Eric and Tammy, who bought a website called Techno RV. They had been in their careers for well over a decade and their kids were getting ready to leave the house and they wanted to create freedom in their lives. And they were looking at different options like work camping and things like that. And ultimately they decided to buy a business, uh, just going on different websites and looking at businesses for sale. And in this talk from our conference, they talk about how they found the perfect business and give some insight in how they grew Techno RV 16 times over in three years with zero e-commerce experience. Not only do they have a lot of amazing advice in this talk, but they're also just hilarious and amazingly funny individuals. And before we get into today's episode, if you're interested in coming to our next RV Entrepreneur Summit, we're hosting it March 19th through the 22nd. 2020 at Lake Gunnersville State Park, which is in northern Alabama. It's in the hill country. It's a gorgeous state park. We had it there last year and it was a lot of fun. You can go to the rventrepreneur.com if you want to learn more. It's really a business conference for people who also happen to travel in an RV. Uh, We have workshops, main stage speakers, uh, attendee-led meetups, and it's just a time where if you're transitioning to being out on the road or if you're already traveling, um, there's a lot of really great opportunities to make friends and learn a lot. So if you want to learn more, go to the rventrepreneur.com to check it out. And without further ado, here is one of our main stage presentations from our 2019 RVE Summit, Eric and Tammy. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, thank you for that uh, gracious introduction. We love this group. We came here last year and we felt like that the entrepreneur uh, group was our family. And so I wanted to start off by... Uh, welcoming everybody to our home state of Alabama, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, like 30 seconds ago, Tammy said, uh, she said, Eric, I swear, if you get up there and start stomping around like a hillbilly and yelling roll tide, <laughs> I'm walking off the stage. I banned him from wearing anything Alabama, so you're welcome. <laughs> hey, I still got the underwear, right? <laughs> So uh, we're Eric and Tammy, and uh, as he said, we own a company called Techno RV, and we, uh, it's an online site, and we sell technology products uh, to RVers. And so we named our uh, presentation here, Don't Start a Business, Run One, because uh, as he said, our path is a little bit different in that we didn't start Techno RV, we bought Techno RV. So what we thought we would do today is just kind of walk you all through kind of our process of getting out of uh, regular life into what we're doing, the process of buying a business. And we've decided to really kind of expose ourselves to you all in hopes that uh, it may give you some ideas and have you thinking maybe a little bit differently about things that might be out there that maybe you're not aware of. So that's what we're going to do today. And uh, the picture that we chose to... you haven't put oh, up there Oh, I'm yet. sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's us in Glacier National Park, and it was bear season. And so uh, uh, they have this little booklet that says if a bear charges you uh, to get in the fetal position. And, uh, Which so, we do on a regular basis in running a business. So, <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah. so uh, we, we were discussing this. I said, well, you can get in fetal position if you want. I'm going to be running, right? <laughs> and and so, so we decided. Somehow this fear of bears, fetal position, just spoke to us as running a business. Hope you can relate. If you're yeah, so if you're an entrepreneur, well. <laughs> you know that every day you feel like you're going to get mauled by a bear. Uh, and so that's why we chose that picture right there. So real quick, brief history of us, just so you know where we came from and who we were before we were TechnoRV. We were married in 2003. Uh, that is shortly after our wedding, um, still in honeymoon phase, 
That yeah, was, we that were was trying about, to look good for each other, and every night was date night and all that great stuff. That was stuff. about 50 pounds ago for me, and, and a uh, lot more gel in my hair. A lot more gel, yeah. Uh, so I was a teacher. Education was my his background. Um, I've taught. I've been an assistant principal. I've worked at the district level as a STEM coordinator. Everything education, that was who I was, and it's who I thought I was going to be until I put my 25 years in and retired and did whatever you do when you retire. And I was a uh, human resource manager uh, for uh, Comcast Cable at the time. I'd already been in human resource for about 13 years. And I was just going to do the typical life scripting uh, along with Tammy. And I guess we were going to work uh, until we retired at, at 65, I guess. And in hindsight, it seems so dumb. Uh, but at the time, it seemed like a great idea. And that was the plan. We were just going to cruise along until uh, we were able to retire. Uh, so in 2007, uh, you know, things can change in life, and I think this is uh, maybe to where we started thinking a little bit differently. Uh, Tammy, uh, at 34, got cancer that year, and uh, she's, she's okay. She, 11 I'm years cancer-free, by the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it does make you stop and think. It makes you stop and think, what do you want to do with your life? You know, all, all the stuff that goes along with anything that scares you with your life. So it, We start uh, having conversations, and, and at the same time, maybe a year later, uh, as a human resource manager, the, the economy wasn't doing great in 2008, and I was just having to lay off a lot of people. Like, I'm the person doing it. Like, I'm ruining people's lives here. And the, the fear on people's face, and it, through talking to them, I realized it was like, man, these people can't, uh, and, and like a lot of people are, they can't live, like, uh, without one paycheck, right? So I started thinking about that for myself and had some conversations with uh, Tammy about that and uh, about, hey, well, how would we be? Like, what if I lost my job? Like, what if I lay these people off and my boss is like, hey, appreciate that, now you're out of here, right? And uh, so we realized, hey, we wouldn't really be any better off. We had amassed a lot of debt. We were living the life. Hey, getting in debt can be a lot of fun, right, for a little while, you know? And uh, so we, we had kind of gone down that path. We didn't have great spending habits. So at that point, we decided, hey, we're going to start doing better. We didn't realize this was going to lay a foundation for us later on to be able to do what we did. But uh, we started uh, improving our spending habits, reducing debt, and, and that was really helpful. Yeah, we mentioned that because that really, had we not done that, it wouldn't, our, our path would have been very different. So we were, we were blessed that this happened and we didn't really even have RVing in our mind. We weren't changing that, that whole teaching HR retirement plan after this, um, but it did lay a good foundation that allowed us to have some opportunities later on. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> So fast forward seven years, and I think I, I think we need to mention we have three kids. Obviously, these are not just people we pay to get in pictures with us. Those are our children. Uh, and in 2014, our two older boys were already in college, and our youngest daughter had, was a, a junior in high school. So we started asking ourselves, okay, we're going to be empty nesters. We're in our, one of us is in our early 40s. And uh, so what do we want to do? You know, is this really what, what, what our life is going to be, is work until a retirement age? And the answer was no. Uh, we identified two things that were holding us back, and that was a stationary location, our home, and a stationary job, something that seemed very logical to keep, but we didn't want them anymore. So we started making steps at this point. Um, we heard a TED Talk that was inspirational. Um, but back then in 2014, there were not a lot of the content creators out there that there are now. Uh, so we didn't have a lot of the inspiration and education that you guys are having now. Um, but we were able to at least dig deep enough to start the process of selling our house. Um, it went a lot quicker than we thought, which I'm sure you've heard a lot of these stories. It sold in the first month. And we thought it was going to take a few years. The market, you know, gave us that impression. Uh, so the job, the house was gone immediately. We moved into a fifth wheel that we didn't even own at the time. We hadn't even looked at RVs, never spent the night in an RV. So we had to quickly make that decision and purchase one. And we actually stayed put in Mobile working full-time jobs for about a year, year and a half. So one down, no more house. Now we still had to figure out the income. Yeah, so here's where it started. We, uh, we And again, uh, like this group didn't exist then I wish it was uh, had existed back then, but it didn't. So we were just thinking in terms of like, hey, what can we do? And we're like, hey, blogging sounds uh, sounds like something we can do. That is yeah. Alabama, B L A W G, blogging. Okay, <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know that. I need to interpret sometimes. Blogging. 
blogging. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> let's talk you about YouTube. He's going to make it worse, don't Forget they? that. Maybe I could have YouTubed. Do the YouTube. Uh, so, but we didn't feel like that was us. You know what I mean? We didn't feel like uh, uh, we could do that. We didn't feel like we could be successful at it. It didn't really speak to us in that way. Consulting, it seemed like a buzzword at the time. Like, oh, you know, we, we got all this experience and what we, we've done in, in our career. So, uh, you know, maybe we could teach other people that. And then, and then that, we, we didn't feel confident in Honestly, that either. Honestly, the idea of starting something from scratch just really was too much for us. We didn't even know where to begin, and it just honestly scared us. Uh, so we took those pretty much off the table. Yeah, and then uh, work camping. Uh, you know, we joined the, a little website, workcamper.com, and they had, have all these jobs to where, and I was totally down with this, really. Uh, and, and I would still be happy with it today because, like, you can get a job at a, uh, like, a, a national park and, and wear, like, a security guard hat and be checking people in. And to me, I'm like, man, that's a real, that's a real thing that we could just, like, start doing. Uh, but uh, Tammy's brother had owned some websites, and he had uh, sold one of them and, and did pretty well with that. And so he just mentioned to us in passing, he said, hey, man, he said, there's, you know, there's businesses out there for sale. And to me, it was like, you know, you hear about, like, oh, Amazon bought this company or Google bought this company. And, and that's what I'm thinking about when people buy businesses, but there's businesses out there on much smaller scales for like people like us uh, can actually buy. So we started talking about this and we realized that the concept of this was basically just buying income. It's a business that's already producing income and I can buy that. Other words known as like, you can just buy yourself a job basically. So uh, if you go out there and kind of look at, at uh, websites for sale. If something speaks to you, then uh, you could buy that. It's got instant income. And so we thought that that was something that we should explore, but there's some pros and cons that go along with buying a business. And we wanted to talk about those real quickly with you. Obviously the pros for us was the time frame. As I said before, uh, we didn't believe or feel that we had the horsepower to start something from scratch. In addition, our time frame. Uh, although we were empty nesters, we had two in college and one about to enter college, and we were paying for that still. So it wasn't something we needed a, a fast track to be able to cover that um, because debt is not something that we really uh, enjoy or try to get into. We liked that there was a foundation already established. Someone had already done the hard work of laying all the processes and structure, and, and we could identify things that we might want to change, but at least that foundation would be there, and we weren't having to generate this. It's kind of like editing a, a paper as opposed to generating the ideas to write it yourself. Um, fine, uh, finally, we saw that there was support. Most of the websites we looked at, you, you got the owner for 30 days, you know? So we're like, oh, cool, somebody to teach us something because we didn't know anything. So those are really positive things that we liked about the idea of buying a business as, a part, as opposed to starting one. Um, the cons, obviously, there's financial risk. You know, we had money in savings, and that was supposed to just pay for some time that we wanted to travel while we worked as the Smoky Bear Ranger or whatever. Um, but this was going to eat into savings, and there was some risk involved. It could totally shorten our travels if we didn't do it right. Um, there was a lot of unknown, and we knew that the workload was going to be immediate. Uh, buying a business is, is like jumping in the deep end, whereas, you know, you can kind of go slow when you start a business. You're definitely working your, your, your behind off, but it, you kind of can wade into it. If you buy a business day one, it's on, everything that's involved. So we knew the workload was going to be immediate. So here's the thing with uh, buying a business. In general terms, you can buy a business for two to four times net profit. So uh, that's kind of an important thing to know here. Uh, it's what we're going to do in the next couple of slides is we've actually went and just kind of searched for some businesses for sale that we wanted to share with you. It can be really fun to do this. Uh, you can just go Google businesses for sale and you can just start going through them. If nothing else, it can get your mind to thinking about other things that you might be able to do. Uh, like if somebody's doing something that really speaks to you and you're like, yeah, well, I don't want to uh, necessarily buy that, but it might uh, put something in your head about starting something on your own. So 
uh, we wanted to go ahead and just go through a few of these with you. And uh, so here's, here's a, a website that's for sale right now. It's an Amazon FBA store. So FBA means fulfilled by Amazon. So what this person's doing is he created a store on Amazon, which is very popular now. And he does not hold his own inventory. So uh, he has a product. He ships it to an Amazon warehouse, creates a store. As things sell, Amazon ships it for him. So he doesn't have to deal with that whole shipping process. And in this particular situation, this guy's profiting $2,000 a month, $24,000 a year, and he's selling his site uh, for $49,000. So you think about that, that's you know about two times net profit. Um, the other types of, of, of businesses that we saw and that are out there are drop shipping. Um, that's a big concern when you're an RVer. You don't want anything that kind of holds you down. Inventory would imply you've got, you know, something that you got to carry with you or figure out how to handle. So there are businesses that just drop ship, which means you have the website, you sell the product, but you don't hold it, you don't fulfill it. Someone else, you you actually will pay them to ship it. Same same financial situation here. They net about two thousand, and it's about fifty two, so about two times. So here's another one. We're going to amp things up here a little bit, uh, a little bit more money here, uh, more net profit. So again, in the, it's in the beauty, uh, skin, healthcare. You know, maybe you know something about that. Maybe you had a career that was in this and you're like, hey, I kind of know this stuff and this person's got this business. Uh, it's e-commerce. So obviously they've got a website. And if you're, you were actually on this site looking at it, you would have more information there to read. But this person's profiting $6,200 a month. Now, they want $199,000 for it, so uh, even if you took, uh, uh, not that I'm saying to go do this, but if you took a five-year loan out at $3,000 a month, you'd still be profiting $3,200, and the, presumably you would also be growing the business if it's something that you felt comfortable with. Uh, so anyway, let's move on. Uh, the last one we wanted to show you was one that doesn't have anything to do with inventory. It's completely informational, and there are a lot of those out there for sale as well. This one's in the news and education market. It's totally making money by ads and is an affiliate. That's it. Uh, they're raking in $51,000 a month net profit, but they want $1.6 for it. So they have ones from $5,000 out there to, to $10 million. You know, the range is huge. This is just an example of some that are out there. And as Eric said, uh, you can get a lot more information about them, but two to four times, probably two to three is more common um, that you're going to pay for it uh, times net profit. All right, y'all. I had this really cool analogy. And... Uh... <laughs> It could only fall apart if nobody in the audience could verify like the actual numbers that I start spitting out when I start talking about this. And I felt pretty safe about it because the only way somebody could verify this is if there was like a, like a rocket scientist in the room, right? What are the odds of that, right? <laughs> so uh, we're having a few drinks outside of our RV the other night and uh, this uh, nice couple walks over and uh, we're like, hey, Steve and Courtney, they're speaking after us, by the way. And uh, so we talk to him, it turns out Courtney's a real-life rocket scientist. <laughs> so uh, I told her, I said, now, Courtney, I said, uh, don't make me come and heckle you at yours on, on this. So I, want, I, wanted to, I wanted to equate this to starting a business. So everybody knows that it takes more energy to get an object in motion uh, than it takes to keep an object in motion. So I think of it like a spaceship taking off, and I'll just say I'll just say the 80-20 rule, and we'll just go with that. But let's say that that a a, a rocket uh, like this expends 80% of its resources and fuel just to get it off the ground and and you know a few miles up in the air as it gets up to speed, and then really it uses the rest of its resources to kind of go the rest of the way, and that's kind of how I see a business. I, like the um, and entrepreneurs that have started a business know this. The amount of time, effort, and resources it takes to get a business off the ground is completely nuts. And uh, and so we felt like for what we were doing that that we didn't have the time, didn't have the know-how to even do that and get it off the ground. So for us, it was better to have something that was already in motion that we could then come in and, as Tammy says, kind of edit it, make improvements, make improvements to us. So that's actually what we did. Was that cool? Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Deep thoughts by Eric. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, question everything. So here's what happens. So you look at these websites and maybe you see one you like. 
And so every website's a little bit different, but for the most part, if you see one you really like, you basically send in, like fill out a little form and say, hey, I'm interested in this business. They'll send you a confidentiality agreement back, and then they're going to send you back all this information, kind of behind the curtain information about that particular business. If you're selling a business, uh, you usually fill out a questionnaire. I mean, the, the one we got was like 20, 30 pages long. If you're selling a business, you're completely exposed. You might as well just take your pants down. Like there, there's <laughs> like you, there, there is nothing that you can hide when you're selling a business. And so it's your job at this point, and it's, it's crucial, and we made some errors in this, and then there was parts that we did pretty good in it. But you've got to think about every little single detail. If I saw uh, on a, a, a balance sheet that there was a variance from one month to the next on a particular line item, I wanted to know why that variance was there. Uh, I mean, we dug in. I, I must have sent them 50 or 60 questions back. And then what happened is, is if you're still interested in the business, then you let the broker know, and then they basically give you complete open access. Like we had logins and passwords to their accounting program. We actually uh, flew out to California where Phil, the guy that owned Techno RV, was doing like an RV show. We actually flew out there because we wanted to meet him. We needed to make sure if we were going to invest the money in this business, we had to know it was right. This is your time to do the due diligence, and you can't get it wrong. Uh, I'll give you an example of somewhere where we got something wrong. It was on the inventory side of things. So we paid for the business and then we paid for the inventory. And I knew there were certain parts of the inventory that made up uh, for a good portion of the business. What I didn't account for is that there was some completely stale inventory uh, that didn't move. If I had dug further, I could have uh, seen that and negotiated that because when we bought the business, it was like, that's not moving and I'm not, ha not going to have anything uh, in inventory that's not moving. So we basically ended up just getting rid of some stuff uh, because it, it felt like it was just weighing us down. So that was one thing that if I would have poked around a little bit more, I would have realized that and could have negotiated that a little bit more. feels weird asking people all that personal information, but just do it. Just nothing's off the table if you're going to buy a business from somebody. Um, so after asking all the questions and visiting why did we settle on Techno RV, there were a few things that really resonated with us. Um, first of all, it was run by a full-time RVer, Phil, who he mentioned that owned it. He actually started it on the road to pay for the travels of his family, taking their, their cross-country trip. So we knew that there was some mobility built into the business, and that was attractive to us. Um, with that mobility, he'd already set up some programs. He worked with a, pro, uh, a company called Smart Warehouse that was doing his shipping for him. Um, he was a really smart guy and laid a great foundation. He just had lost some horsepower. So he already had, a, I mean, we use uh, Infusionsoft way more than we probably need to use, but he had it all set up for our customer emails and all our marketing, and he had about 8,000 emails that he had collected from RV shows. Um, so just had a really good structure in place. Uh, and he had a lot of areas for improvement, which also was something we were looking for. We didn't want to buy something that had maxed out and then they were selling it. We wanted something that had some low-hanging fruit, you know, that we just saw glaring issues that we could easily improve. The website was horrible. I mean, it was just, and we, you know, it was just horrible. So there were some things we knew, and that appealed to us. <laughs> this picture makes me laugh because we got to spend two days with Phil before he flew back to the U.K. where he was from, and that was it. He was gone. Who's that on the left? Yeah, that <laughs> we, you see mine and Eric's faces are a little bit more of a forced smile because our heads are about to blow up on how much we're having to absorb in two days. We had just written days. a check to Phil, so that's why he's yeah. like, yeah. Phil just got his money, <laughs> so he's like, here you go. <laughs> so what happens is, is when you buy the business, it's on day one. Like the next day you wake up and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> Can I say that? I think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, holy crap. Uh, <laughs> things are so uh, we, Techno RV wasn't doing a whole lot of business but the phone rang that day and we're both staring at it you know what I mean <laughs> and she's like you get it I'm like I don't think so <laughs> so I answered the phone and this guy says uh, hey he had bought an entire pressure monitoring system from, from the company he said hey I said I, I don't know how to turn this thing off and in my head I'm thinking oh lord is the owner of Techno RV surely 
I should know how to turn off this unit, right? Well, I didn't, you know, we were in that, in that learning curve. And so what I realized real quick is that like RVers kind of like talking about RVing. So, so he asked me the question and I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's not a problem. I said, uh, well, what kind of RV you got? Well, you know, where you at right now? Well, he got to talking about, you know, where he was at in his RV. Dude, I'm over here on Google. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he gets done. I said, oh, yeah. I said, what was the question? Oh, yeah. Yeah, not a problem. Just hit that center button for like three seconds. He's like, you're a genius, you know? He said, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, man, I got off that phone quick. <laughs> so, but that's how it is. Like day one, it is on. It's on, right? yes. So we pulled this definition here. And... Uh, I thought it was interesting. We'll talk about it a little bit more um, here in a few minutes too. But an entrepreneur is somebody, a person who organizes and operates a business or business is taking a greater than normal financial risk in order to do so. So I just wanted to point that out because that financial risk thing is we were, we were like all in. We took a financial risk. And if it's okay with y'all, we wanted to kind of share some, some like real numbers of what we paid for this business. Um, it feels a little odd doing that, but y'all are our family. Uh, and so we're just going to do it, right? So our financial risk, again, we had some savings in place. So going back to our previous slide where I said we had a foundation laid, um, getting out of debt was a big deal for us because when opportunities are put in front of you, if you are not in a position to be out of debt or to be in a good place, you miss out on things. And we were lucky enough to have put ourselves in a situation to actually have savings, which was nice. But we paid $60,000 for Techno RV plus inventory, which was about eighteen. dollars uh, not all of which was good inventory, which we learned uh, after the pro uh, fact. Uh, and then when you buy a business, like the next day, there might be bills coming in and you have no money in the business account. So we had to put $10,000 in the business account. That was kind of our starting. Here we go. That'll cover um, until we you know, can start bringing in some income. We did take a debt on, which was hard for us. We don't like debt, but um, it was an investment. It was a risk. That's what it is, a risk. Um, we took out $38,000 of business debt, which is about $700 a month for us. And so that took our savings down by about $50,000. You, well, you, you mean just, it depleted right, it. I was going to say, that really just depleted our savings. <laughs> it really wasn't like a buy-in amount. We really, really took a big risk. We were all in. Yeah, yeah. We were... We had this uh, uh, weird sense of, of, of uh, security, I guess, that, hey, we could do this, and we just, we just went all in on it. it. Putting the money into the business invests you more. It's like making your kids pay for their stuff and they treat it better. There was something about having that financial risk and that investment that made the ownership and the work it, it was easier, I guess, for us to own it. It wasn't just a hobby or something we're going to try to do. We were all in. So what did we do in year one? We worked. And that is, worked full-time jobs. He's still at Comcast. I'm still in education. We'd come home at night, and we would work all night on the website, learning the products, talking to manufacturers, deciding what we wanted to keep on the website, what we didn't want to keep on the website. So it was a learning time for us. Um, Phil was heavy into RV shows. That was one thing that he made a lot of money, or the majority of his revenue was from RV shows, and we weren't willing to do that the first year. First, we didn't feel like we knew enough to come face-to-face -face with somebody, and we, we needed Google behind the phone for a while, you know. So we spent a, little time, a lot of time learning on that first year and just deciding who we were and what we wanted, you know, to do the next year with shows and everything. So in 2015, uh, we had a revenue of about $90,000. We, uh, Phil, uh, before, uh, Phil did a lot of RV shows and we didn't, in the future, we didn't want to like have to be dependent on that. So we were really heavy on, we're going to get this internet site up and running and we want that to be our main source of income. And then we'll still, still go do RV shows. So the first year we did about $90,000 in revenue in 2015. We did go to one rally, had about $5,000 there. So 95,000, like for us, like that wasn't enough. You know, if you think 28, 30% profit margin, uh, you can, you can run the numbers in your head there. It's like, Hey, we, we kind of need it to be doing more than that, but we were working full-time jobs. We had laid, we had planted a lot of seed. We're big believers in, and that, that nobody's exempt from, from this whole uh, reap what you sow kind of concept. So we were planting seeds everywhere that we knew were gonna, gonna start producing. Um, but sometimes those things take time to kind of come up. So in the meantime, we had, had said and committed to setting a date. Here's when we're quitting our jobs. And it was a little bit scary because at the time we were not making enough money. Now we, we 
knew we could make it, and if we had to work camp and, and do techno-RV at the same time, we knew we would figure it out. But uh, the setting a date thing, I think that uh, a lot of RVers that have sold everything and hit the road, I think most people would agree that, hey, setting a date and just freaking going for it, that's what you got to do. It's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, when you're a kid and you're, you're standing on the edge of the diving board and, and, and you don't want to jump off, and then somebody says one, two, three, and you're like, yeah, I'm doing a cannonball, you know? And so that's kind of the same thing here. We just set a date and just went for it. So this is April of 16, which was our date. Um, this is Eric's last day at Comcast. I had to go pick him up because he had to leave his car behind. I still got my hand on the car. I'm like, I mean, that, <laughs> don't take me. <laughs> that is a look of fear on his face. I promise you, uh, benefits, security, insurance, salary, all of that. In order to get the freedom we wanted, we had to let go of some security because it just doesn't happen any other way. So that was our date, April 2016. We had now accomplished both things. We got rid of the house. We got rid of the income. We let it all go. All right, so, you know, we, we gloss over this, what we did the first year we worked, and we changed the whole website. Don't let that mislead you into thinking we are web designers. We have any idea how to do that. We are huge, huge users of YouTube and help desks and support. I mean, it, it, we don't know how to do that. If you ask us to explain hosting a, a domain or, or buying, no, buying, a, I don't know. I'm not good at that stuff. I don't know it, okay? But I can find people that do, and I am a good researcher. And that is the only thing that saved us in that department. That and going with templates for websites. We just buy the one that looks like what we want, and then we just put our stuff in it. And that's how we've done it. Uh, but what have we learned along the way? There's tons. We could spend hours on this, but we tried to pick just a few that really could help in any business, but really made a difference for us not knowing what we were doing. Know who you are as a business. And I believe there's someone else doing a session on branding later this week. And I can't speak enough to this for number one for us because we were not techies. We're not geek tech heads, any of the thing. Techno RV, our kids laugh and call us no tech RV because they think it's like... <laughs> How are y'all owning a technology company? Um, but what we do know about us is we're people, people, people persons, uh, building relationships. We knew face-to-face, -face, that's what our experience was, and figuring out how to make an internet-based business more face-to-face -face is what we had to do because that was our only strength. That was our game, and we had to learn to use it. So knowing who we were, we knew that it had to be relationship for us. Um, because it was not going to be, we're going to have the fastest running website and the, the greatest SEO and all the, the, the other stuff that a lot of you could, could, could help us with. But, uh, <laughs> but what we decided was we were going to present and Techno RV was going to be a company owned by RVers that use the equipment they sell. Therefore, we can support you on it and educate you on it. We knew Techno RV was going to only buy from manufacturers. That allowed us to keep that strength that we have on relationship building. We didn't want to buy from a middleman, wholesale, none of that. That was not interesting. We needed that face-to-face -face relationship to work for us. We knew we were going to still go to RV shows and be out and about because we could not rely on people just finding us on the internet and buying from us. There's just too many options out there. Because of this, and we spent a lot of time learning on what who we were going to be. Because of this, we took a lot of, of the work on us. I remember Heath asking us in, in our, the podcast, why don't you drop ship or why don't you, you know, why do you keep all of it? And it's because of this. We control Techno RV and our brand, and we can't put that in someone else's hand because it's so valuable to us. So we ship because you may not have the same shipping standards we have, and we, we, we want to get to our customers quickly. So this was critical for us to know who we are, and it makes decision-making a lot easier for us now. It may not even be something I agree with, but I know what Techno RV would do in this situation, and it makes it a lot easier for us. Find our strengths and build your business around your strength. So uh, the second one... Uh, so money is just a tool in business. So money, like, has always been just a personal thing, you know, to me. You, you, you protect it. Uh, it's something you, you can end up stressing out about. And, and I was treating money like that in my business. And so, therefore, I wasn't spending money where I needed to be spending money. And so one day I woke up and I was like, man, I've got to start viewing money as something different. And we had this conversation and we said, we need to start viewing money as it's a tool of the business, just like we have ShipStation that handles our, our shipping program, our accounting program, uh, money's a tool. And whenever I started looking at it like that, it helped me be able to spend it 
responsibly, but more freely. Because what I would do, even on like buying inventory, uh, I would call my supplier and I'm like, hey, send me like five of these. But well, I would need like 30, you know what I mean? But I, I couldn't get it out of scary. my head. <laughs> you know, yeah, 30 was scary. And so, uh, but what would happen is I'd order five and then they would sell out and we'd be on back orders and customers are like, you know, you, you just can't be on back order. So when I, when I kind of reprogram myself to just think of money as a tool of the business, just like any other tool, it really opened up things for us to, and again, take the risk to actually spend the money to allow our business to grow. Uh, ground game. So for us, ground game is about relationships. And we decided we were going to do several things as it relates to relationships because that's, that's, we knew that was our strengths was building relationships with people, but websites like I'm not in front of people. So somehow we have to figure out how can we still use a strength of ours in a website business. So we started with suppliers. Uh, she already said we don't buy from anybody but like directly from the manufacturers. So we started building relationships with our suppliers. And so much so that like I talk to them every week, every one of our suppliers, I talk to them every week. They call me, like they'll call me when they're on vacation. I mean, it's almost like a friend slash business relationship. But what this has created is the scenario where we're in tune with each other. I'm helping build their brand. They're helping me be successful. And uh, for example, we had actually several, several of our suppliers have actually done this. Uh, but the first time it happened, it was kind of shocking. So one of them called me and they're like, hey, Eric, we want to go to this... Uh, uh, RV show over here, and I'm like, well, I can't go to it. You know, I'm way over here, so that you know, that's not happening. And they're like, oh no, that's okay. We still want to go. I'm like, well, knock yourself out. And uh, he said, well, we want to do it under the Techno RV name. And I was like, oh, I'm getting interested in this. <laughs> and and I said, what are you what are you thinking here? He's like, well, we'll bring the inventory. We just need your Square account. I'm like, oh yes. Did y'all just hear that? <laughs> you mean we don't have to be there? We don't have to sell it, and you just want to swipe it into our checking account? Yeah, so sure. throughout the year, these people, like, go, and they're like, yeah, we're, we, we bring, they just, of course, they charge us for the cost of goods after it's all said and done, but they're just there. So these are the type things that have begun to happen. We have manufacturers and suppliers coming to us now saying, hey, we want you to represent our product. We're very slow to move on that because we want to make sure it's the right product, and we, we like to be the experts on products that we sell, so we don't just jump on everything. We move very slow. We've got a very specific set of products that we have. We're open to growing it, but we move very slow. But back to the ground game, also with customers, we wanted to keep that face-to-face -face thing together, so we go to RV shows. This is where we listen to the customer. What kind of issues are they having with our products? What do they want us to sell? So, you know, last year we did like 10 or 12 uh, shows. This year we're only doing like three or four, but we like to continue to get out there to be in front of the customers. And then our peers, uh, we want to maintain relationships with uh, our peers that have influence in the RV community. We've got like an affiliate program and we've got there's people in this audience that are actually affiliates of ours. It's a win-win situation. You know, they recommend us, we sell stuff, we help them, we give them products to give to their, to their people and things like that. So we'd like to build those relationships as well. So the whole ground game for me is all about relationship building in a lot of these different areas. Oh, except version one. All right, so this is, might as well have my name written all over it. Accepting version one is when you make uh, produce something, whether it be a, an article, a video, anything, and it's acceptable. There's no grammatical mistakes. It's, it says what you want it to say, but it's not perfect. And if you are a perfectionist, you know what I'm talking about. It's not perfect. And I'm not about to put it out there because I've seen other people's videos or I've seen other people's web pages and they're incredible. And I, I could do it if I just spend more time on it. Um, that is the death of, of productivity. You can just perfect something to death. Uh, it was a very hard lesson for me to learn. Um, we went a couple years ago to a marketing firm in Arizona, and we spent two days with them, and it was to beef up our email marketing automation. They gave us, they'd sit there and say, okay, I need you, to, this email has to go here, and I'll give you about three minutes. And I'm like, three minutes? This would take me like a month to write. Are you kidding me? I've got to produce something in three minutes? And then they'd give us assignments overnight to produce these information guides or, or things that we knew the information. It's not like I couldn't spit it out, but I would have held it for months and months and months till it was just perfect. But I had to let it go because we'd spent money on this process and I wasn't about to waste the money. Uh, and those things have been out for a year and a half and they've been very profitable for us and they, they're successful for us. And they wouldn't be out 
if I would not have let go. So this is something that was really, he'll, he'll take version one all day long, run with it. He loves I'll version one. Anything. He'll do it. <laughs> but These if, people told us, they said, if you're not embarrassed by something you put out a year ago, you spent too much time on it. You know what I mean? So I'm sure if you're a, con- like, oh, you're yeah, a content creator, this. I'm like, I'm embarrassed by everything I put out. So I, <laughs> obviously I didn't, you know, so uh, content creators, YouTube creators and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure like if you go back and look at your first video, like it, you, you feel like it's just horrendous. You know what I mean? But you got to get it you out gotta there. Let right? it go. So that was a big lesson for us to learn. And it, it did help us with our growth because you can't, nothing can work for you unless you get it out there. Yep. So uh, just real quick here, cash flow. I, I had to learn this pretty quick because I, I read this article that said a lot of businesses that go out of business, it's because of cash flow issues. So uh, we went to this show one time and I bought $50,000 worth of inventory to take to it. And, and we, we, we sold $40,000 of the show. So Tammy's high-fiving me as we're leaving, right? Oh yeah, we sold $40,000 of the show. I'm thinking... Dude, I spent $50,000 on inventory. And she's like, yeah, but we made money. I'm like, no, we didn't. I'm like, I'm 10000 negative right now in, in the bank account. You know what I mean? And so I had to learn that real quick. Just like we're not afraid to, to like spend, to grow. But at the same time, when it comes to forecasting things, we're super careful because we don't want to overextend ourselves and kind of get burned on this. So uh, it's something that we keep an eye on very closely. Back to me being a perfectionist. In my background is teaching. If you were in education or in education, you know that you have to do everything. You don't have the, the ability to delegate to other people unless you teach high school and then you can like convince them to do some of your work. But if it is, if it's to do something that has to be done, I have to do it. That's just my mentality. He was in management. He's like the master of delegation. Okay. <laughs> He's the master of it. Uh, but he also knows how to monitor it. So we had to learn to let things go because we could not, through our time, afford, again, this was a Tammy lesson, Uh, he could delegate all day long and he's great at it. So here's the thing, back to this, a person who organizes and operates a business, right, organizes and operates, here is what an entrepreneur is not, a person that is so highly talented that he or she must perform every function of the business in order to save it from complete failure, right? (laughs) Now, if you're an entrepreneur, you know how hard this can be, right, to let things go. Uh, the quicker that an entrepreneur can learn how little they can actually do, the quicker they will be on their way to being more successful. The quicker that an entrepreneur can learn that you have to have uh, key talented people in place to do things that you're not good at, the quicker path you will be on to success. Entrepreneurship, uh, to me, is an exercise in letting, letting go. That's what entrepreneurship is because, uh, and we had to learn this because uh, I had somebody tell me one time, he said, if you, if you tell me that you can't afford to pay people to do things that you're not good at, then you have a failing business model. And it, it kind of hurt my feelings, you know what I mean? And, and, but it was true. I was like, you know what? I, these are things we either don't have time for or we're not good at. And, uh, and so we're going to Take the financial risk to pay people to do it. And it was a financial risk, but we went for it, and it's paid off for us. So don't be afraid to ask. I should have prefaced this with after you've built relationships, but it was just too many words, and it would have made it look bad. So assume that says after you've built relationships. Yeah, you just don't go asking people for things. You know what I mean? you got to have that relationship. This kind of goes back to the supplier thing. Our relationships with our suppliers are very good. If we're going to run a sale, I'm like, I'm running a sale with your product. I need a better price on it. Uh, we, I had somebody call me the other day and offer us a one-page uh, uh, print in the uh, championship series of NASCAR's uh, program that they give out starting in September. Like It's like a three-month thing. So the, the ad was like, like $30,000 for a one-page ad. And I'm like, well, look, that might be what like Geico pays, but like a small business owner, that's not happening. So I got the guy down to like ten grand, and I was like, I'm still not doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so I said, you know what? I said, let me call you back. And so basically, I just reached out to my suppliers. I'm like, I'm, pu- I'm going to put y'all's products in here. You know what I mean? It's going to be like Techno RV, but it's y'all's products. So uh, who, wants, who wants in? You know what I mean? And I, sure enough, I had suppliers that were like, yeah. I'll, I, but so if I wouldn't have asked, A, I wouldn't have done it. But I did ask, and we are going to do it uh, for that and the, the, uh, 
the Indianapolis 500. So we'll, so if y'all go to any of this stuff, I don't know if any of y'all are into that, Willie, you'll actually in the program, you'll be like, yeah, oh, take a I picture those and guys. send it to us. <laughs> so it's just another market we're testing out there. You are not as smart as you may think. This has been a, a lesson we learn daily, um, if, especially in, the, in e-commerce for us. We don't know so, so much about how to handle the back end of website that don't, don't be afraid to ask also applies to asking for help from other people. We are quick to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Could you explain that to me like I'm five or something? You know, I mean, if you can't handle humility, that this business is not for you. Buying a business that you're not comfortable with would not be for you. I, I know the first time we had a, a video conference, I don't do video conferencing anymore with anybody that knows more than me because the look on my face is pretty bad. We, we, we had our marketing guy, he said, uh, he said, he said, can you tell me what the average lifetime value of, value. of a, of average a, of a lifetime customer is? Right. And here's the look that we had on our faces when he asked that, <laughs> all right? And, and so- I'll so, let you decide who's who, okay? <laughs> so I said, well, you know, I really value our customers and I value them for a lifetime. Is that good enough? <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not good enough. So, and then, and then he actually sent me this, this formula and I'm like, yeah, I still don't get it. <laughs> like, We're like, here's our, here's our passwords. In. Just go do that. <laughs> so so uh, just to say humility, nobody knows what they're doing. Don't, don't let that bother you. We've learned it. We've learned to embrace it. Just embrace. I have no idea what you're talking about. Could you teach it to me? That'd be great. Y'all, I ain't kidding. We're a couple of hillbillies from Alabama. <laughs> We're those people Alyssa was talking about. And we didn't know anything about a website we didn't know jack about marketing like we knew nothing when we got into this and we went into it and we have been willing to learn and, and if it's, play and, to our strengths and and if if it's if it's all right with y'all because i remember last year at the summit some people kind of shared some numbers and it's kind of it, 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 we're really proud of our growth but we're kind of embarrassed at the same time we feel like it might be helpful to just kind of show you kind of like something that we're proud of. And it's like the growth of the company for us. This may not be a big deal to some of y'all, but to us, I might pass oh out God. when this next screen comes up. <laughs> uh, we've really grown a lot in, in the four short years that we had it. So remember we did $90,000 um, uh, in, in year one. And last year uh, we did $1.6 million. <laughs> Oh, we wake up every day and we're just like, can you believe people buy from us? I mean, like buy from us. Yes, and it's still every day because, because again, it's, it's, we didn't have the experience and, and I'm looking at it like, uh, like every day I wake up and think nobody's going to buy from us ever again. Cause it's almost like a video game, you know, it's like you got this website and ding, ding, orders are coming in. Like, I don't know these people, you know? And, uh, so the blue line there is our website sales. So obviously you can see that most of that comes from website sales. Uh, last year we did about $250,000 at shows. That's just me and Tammy going there and selling shows. face to face. And, uh, and then we've, we've recently started kind of amping up our, our, uh, our Amazon sales. And we're actually with the sales that we've done in the first quarter, we're on track this year to do $3.6 million. Oh man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, we've really, yeah. Can I say it now? Say it. Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly, we've told you some of the things that worked for us. Can't stress knowing your brand enough cannot stress that enough. Know who you are. Build relationships. Even if you're on the internet, play to your strengths. Finding the right employees. That was important for us because we, we play a lot, y'all. I know it looks like we work a lot. We play a lot too. Who we put in place back in Mobile at the warehouse and answering phones for us, they've got to be the Techno RV brand. You've got to make sure everybody in your team gets the vision of your brand. Cash flow obviously was important for us and email marketing has been good for us as well. Here's opportunities to improve, which is a nice way to say failures. Notice it's all about website stuff, because that's what we don't know. We have tackled AdWords before. We stink at it. We spend a lot of money. It, it, it got people to the website, but it didn't convert really well. That's an area now that we have laid really good seeds and made our brand very clear who we are. These are some things we really need to start improving on. Processes are very important if you run a business from the road because we're not there in the office to make decisions. We have to have things in place where if we grow these things, we, we can do it from Alaska and we don't have to, you know, freak out and fly home. 
Um, SEO, oh my gosh, we don't even We'll rank. be at that session, whoever's yeah, doing that. Yeah, Scott, where, that will be there. We, don't, we aren't even, I don't think, in the top 10 pages. Google does not like us. We are not a Google-happy business, uh, and we would like to be. Um, analyzing data. There's so much data we collect. We do a lot. We pay a lot of for a lot of programs that monitor things because we're doing it from a distance. And so we always want to keep an eye on everything. So we have a lot of good data. We just don't know what to do with it. And we know it would help if we could analyze data. So those are some areas that we really need to improve. And those are some of our weaknesses. So here's our future plans. I'm driving down the road one day in the RV and I'm surrounded by 18 wheelers. And I'm like, damn it. It just occurred to me, these 18-wheelers, they buy the same stuff that RVers buy, like GPS and tire pressure mine. I'm like, we should sell to those guys, you know? And so it's been like a year long since we had that conversation. I'm not kidding. Next week, we're actually launching Techno Trucker. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we've already... I'm I got like, some cool hats in the RV that say Techno Trucker yeah. if anybody wants one. So we've got... Uh, you know, we, I've already got the relationships with all the suppliers that already sell to these people. Most people in the RV industry are in the trucker industry. So we were like, you know, we should just transfer. The, the website's ready to go. I mean, there's still a lot of work that's got to be done. Uh, next week, we're going to the biggest trucking show in America. It's called the Mid-America Trucking Show in Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be there at that, hanging out with all the truckers, you know. So that'll be cool. Amazon Prime, we just kicked this off. So Amazon's allowing us to do seller-fulfilled is we can ship ourselves and be prime, like the blue badge prime thing. And uh, Do people like that little prime They thing? like prime, yeah. They that like is prime. a huge change in sales once that little blue work came. So that's going to be a big growth point for us. Actually, uh, last week, like we opened it up, and last week we did $20,000 just on prime, just prime. Right. like. And so uh, we got to try and keep up with that because uh, Amazon can be kind of picky. New relationships and partnerships. We're talking to other manufacturers uh, about different products that we can roll out. We're super slow to kind of work with those things. And then other trying to, here, here's the way we look at it. We're like, we need to find out where our customers are and go meet them there. Whether that's on physically meet them there or whether that's in a space that they like to hang out with, like a Facebook thing. From a marketing standpoint, where are they? Go meet them there. That is our plan. And so uh, that's kind of what we stick with there. So we wanted to, we wanted to kind of end where we started and say, uh, when we were putting this together, because this isn't something we do, you know, we want to get up here and talk about ourselves or whatever and kind of what we've done to kind of do all this. This isn't natural for us. And, and, but we wanted to do it to share it because we know how helpful it was for us last year when we were at RV Entrepreneur Summit to, to listen to people. And we thought, you know what, if, if there's just a handful of people out there that are like, hey, that's a pretty cool idea, and, and, and they go search for businesses for sale and at least get some ideas generated, then you know what, that's good enough for us. And we hope that you all have enjoyed and learned something from us. And if two hillbillies from Alabama can do it, <laughs> just think what you can yeah, do. I mean, yeah, seriously. I know, I know. So, hey, we uh, y'all have been very gracious to have us. Thank you all very much. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to that main stage talk from our RV Entrepreneur Summit with Eric and Tammy. I loved listening to this talk. It was fun re-listening some of it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. If you are interested in coming to the summit next year and you're listening to this before 2020, uh, you can go to the RVEntrepreneur.com uh, to check out tickets. All right, I'll see you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. That's a lot of the RV Entrepreneur. I'll see y'all next time. <laughs>